one and we are recording and so now i can tell you candidly that book was fucking incredible dude <laughs> I, I genuinely mean that dude that was that was i'm not i'm not even like a, and i know it's like thinly veiled fiction i'm not a fiction guy but it started and i was just i kept burning through it i fucking loved it dude and i i had my ipad read it to me and i got in the shower at one point and i couldn't hear it normally i have no respect for audiobooks if i like don't hear it all as well i'm like well it's gone now and i just keep going i actually like got out of the shower and like stopped and like went back 10 minutes dude it was fucking great i'm not i'm not kissing your ass i'm not i don't get anything from clay for this i mean it comes on my podcast so technically i do but like it, it's it's fucking incredible it's only like four hours you dudes, you Jen, you have it. I've read Prairie Fire, I've read Concrete Jungle, but dude, this is a you have tapped into like a different creative part of your brain, and like you are genuinely skilled at it, dude. I'm not just trying to like suck your dick. Like, I mean, seriously, hats off, man. But uh, with that, Clay, introduce yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that was a fucking wild one. So, uh, yeah, most of you guys know me. I'm uh, I'm Clay Martin. Uh, I'm a two service ex-military dude. I was in the Marine Corps and then I retired as the Green Beret at about third special forces group. I uh, started writing books about five years ago. I uh, started with a couple of fiction books. Then the two that I'm, I'm most known for, Prairie Fire and Concrete Jungle, which are uh, survival books relative to our, our time. Uh, one for the city, one for the country. And the new one is, uh, is Wrath of the Windigo. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's different. It's a different animal for sure. It's fucking great. It is. And so is, so. well, I mean, I guess spoiler alert for anybody listening. And if you want to exit out now, I'll give you three, two, one. So, but I mean, it's, I imagine it's, I think, I mean, I know you mentioned like COVID 35 towards the end of it. I imagined it was somewhere like 10, 15, 20 years in the future. Is that correct? Yeah. You'd set somewhere right close to about 30. Yeah. Okay. 25 to 30, right okay. That. Okay. It is. Yeah. Like walking it out and fleshing it out it is exactly how I imagine it, it, it will happen. And it's, it's, you have that first kind of almost Lexington and Concord moment where you do see uh, an area break away. And then I think the next most important moment is like the shooting down of the F 35, where it's not only did someone have the balls to break away, right. It's, you then realize, I mean, we, we saw in Korea, we saw in Vietnam, we saw in GY, you know, despite overwhelming, really less casualties, it did completely shatter the facade of, of, uh, of American God tier technological, uh, force. But I think that's how it would be. It would be the breakaway moment where they actually, you know, take or take up violence. And then there's the, oh, wow, you actually can't you can't squash them like a bug. And then there's the whole, yeah, like there will be things like Delta where it's like they will deal a... Having the... Uh, having the chief... Sorry. Oh, man. Well, I mean, you're exactly right. Having the teeth to, uh, to back it up matters. But, you know, that matters. Well, it's huge. But having the ability to do so, as we've been shown over and over and over again, uh, is not that difficult. And I think that's one of the, the crazy things about, you know, all these people right now are talking about you know, Civil War II or we're going to, you know, come after, you know, the people in flyover country with the, you know, the government or bullshit. It, it's, it's out in the open right now. But those people have, in my opinion, drastically underestimated 
the the ability for like you know say middle america in this context to uh, to deal it right back yeah i mean if you want to be honest like we fought you know fifth grade educated savages for the last 20 years and that sounds a little bit racist but it, you know it is true sure. you know that, that's by and large. most of iraq was illiterate by the time we were fighting them and uh, most importantly both of the cultures that we've really gone up against in a lot of ways kind of socially evolved to get rid of their smart people i mean they, they did it. that was a thing that the taliban did for you know hundreds of years in afghanistan or different afghan rulers and the same thing, you know, honestly, in the Middle East, you know, ever since Mohammed like really took over, like it is not paid to be a, a free thinker there. Now they produce some brilliant, you know, scientists, don't get me wrong. But when I talk about the population at large, like they have actually willfully downselected uh, their, their overall raw intelligence. So you start trying to play the same kind of game against like, you know, Harvard educated chemists, uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, MIT, you know, trained mathematicians things are a lot different all right and that's not even getting into just the uh you know the, the raw intelligence and and uh, ability of you know your classic frontiers of america like those are some dangerous dudes out there working on the farm right now yeah yeah and just in general like sort of like i look at my extended family in like new england and like not only are they so far removed and so self-sufficient that they wouldn't know if an a-bomb went off in new york they wouldn't know for a month I'm telling you, they, they fucking wouldn't. They have no idea. They'd yeah. be like, "Oh God, that's so so sad to hear that." And they just keep going. Like, but it's not only that. It's they also they don't they don't give a fuck. And a lot of them are right. veterans. And right. you do have a sort of equaling out of like our country. Also, and you know, it's ironic for me to say this, who's never served. But I mean, we also have an overwhelming amount of pussies. But it is balanced out by the education the war fighting experience i mean of ironically enough of the global war on terror where like you you stare into the void and the void stares back like you saw how they did it and you made notes where i noted if i ever have to go against a superior power that's how it's done but then there's also the whole it's not in a void by the people in america that would be resisting are by default already imposing a loss on america because you are now one less person for them right right i think all those things do kind of conjure up like and then not only that you do have that sort of uh you know man on man not taking up arms right you have the whole like you send the messenger and it's you know you send it to someone that they used to serve with and you're like, well, this, I can't, like, I know this guy and I know, I know that he's not doing something wrong. So how the fuck can I go and kill him? I think that is what you'd see. And I do love though, how it starts. And it's like, you, tr you racist, like xenophobic, transphobic. And I was like, at first I was like, this isn't clay. I like checked the book. I was like, wait, clay doesn't give a shit. And then I realized what you're doing. I was like, Oh wait, fuck. <laughs> but like, that is exactly how it would be. And then even th little things like I think one of the most important parts is where you do kind of you walk out and flesh out censorship and the effects it will have, you know, about like, have you ever heard of Smedley Butler or have you ever heard of, you know, Eisenhower's speech? And it's well, I, I saw it on a VPN. And then I think the most important part is something that doesn't even apply to the future. It applies to now and it applies to the past. And it is not shying away from facts and the daunting realization that, it, you know, 
is war racket and you know we can all pull the the, the wool over our own eyes because we don't want to look at something and go have i been wrong but it's difficult if you can fearlessly look it in the eyes and realize that it has no truth just is it's not trying to hurt you and it's not trying to free you it will free you though is if you can come to peace with that you can move forward and move through it and he kind of progresses throughout the book right finally with like he reaches for the bible as like the last vestiges of his belief in the system and you do have this moment where the guy's going oh fuck all right and it is that final moment of fuck but dude it was it dude it, you fucking walked you 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 like fleshed out like like the true power structure. I know I'm just fanboying right now, but I don't give a shit. It's you, you fleshed exactly how I thought it would be. It's perfect. It's just, it's just chef's kiss. It's, I don't know. Help me out, Clay. I'm, I'm, I'm just rambling. Okay. It is. It's, it's fucking wild. And, uh, here's the thing that, uh, that a lot of people have asked me. And I think a lot of people or the few people that haven't, uh, wanted to, and that's the introduction. Do you feel like this was actually like an inspired book? Uh, yeah, I do. That wasn't bullshit. All right, that's not marketing hype. Uh, it's not a fucking elaborate way for me to uh, to dig into the story. Uh, I don't even really feel like this was my story. I feel like I penciled it together. Uh, but something else fed this to me. Uh, and what that means is it is it a warning or is it is it a future or is it the future? Like I don't know. Uh, I really don't. But there there were too many things that as as i was writing this that uh i didn't even know uh like i would get to certain pieces and i would like have written this thing out and be like i need to like double check some facts to like make sure that i'm not just like out here and i would look at this particularly had to do with like a germanic barbarian culture so i would go you know read this much shit on wikipedia or you know some white paper that some nerd wrote and it turned out i was exactly right like there's no way i i could have known this from my, my prior education and uh, there were just so many things like that. Uh, I was I was even having a conversation with uh, with some of my one of my buddies that's like you know super you know Duke educated all this kind of stuff. And he'd be like, "Oh, you were referencing you know blah 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 blah." I'm like, "Sure." Was I? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I've never fucking I've never <laughs> fucking heard of that until right now. He's like, "Oh, well, that's exactly his theory from you know living with the uh, Siberian shamans for thirty years." I'm like, "Oh, well, that, that actually dis- disturbs me on a deeper level." Man. <laughs> I'm. I'm, I I feel more off the off off the tracks. <laughs> right, exactly. But that is a common theme though throughout history. Is you'll I mean you'll hear people talk about like I didn't make this, it came through me. They're like, right. it's a faucet that turned on. They're like, I was just nearby and put the cup under the sink. I didn't turn the water on. They're like, and then when it stopped, it stopped. Right. It's exactly right. It's, exactly right. It a lot of times you feel like you're just but that's kind of like the beautiful thing about about truth is it is there's an underlying thing that you don't need to you know it's the appeal to authority where did you get this well often like some things you do need to learn like how a a language is written that's a man-made thing but other things just you know like the laws of momentum Mm -hmm. and you know of you know an object is still until a force is put upon it there are things that are because they're woven into the laws of the universe like you can discover them now or in ancient egypt or you can discover them on mars where it's like you know, an object at rest will stay at rest until acted on by force. Right. There are, and I think because of that, you know, liquids with boiling points or liquids that freeze, because there are these truths, 
I do think it applies to the spiritual side as well. There are almost like like there's there's probably something akin to like Newton's laws of spirit to why why you do see these similarities across you know so many cultures right there's always the you know the vision the vision quest you go you know the young man goes into the woods has the psychedelic experience sees where he's blah 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 but there's a reason why these but the, the point of me saying this is to me it's not surprising at all that you tap into that because that's all they were doing is tapping in they weren't people thousands of years apart in different jungles weren't like you know citing notes it's just like isn't that weird that like they had pyramids and they had pyramids and they had pyramids and it's like is it that they're all conspiring or is it that there is a deeper truth that they're all uncovering right and so to me that sounds like yeah like par for the course of it's something that came through you right which is a you know granted a very weird experience to have but that's i mean that's really the only way i could chalk it up like yeah i i didn't honestly get that much better at writing (laughs) yeah like, it's fucking great, dude. It's fucking great. It's, it, but yeah, also deeply unsettling. I would imagine that. Yes, very, yeah. very, very deeply unsettling. Yeah, yeah, very strange experience. And uh, you know, I got to say, actually, I was a little bit afraid to uh, to put it to paper too. Uh, that's like a real, you know, honest god thing. And uh, you know, I'm a scary fucking dude, uh, actually, in the grand scheme of things. Like, uh, you know, I've I've been a professional killer for you know 20 oh, years. I'm as aware. a stormtrooper. Uh, so, I mean, I was scared though. I was like, they are going, they're going to be upset by this. And by they, I mean, they, yeah. And, uh, you know, kind of makes you feel like the old, uh, the old Constantine thing too, is like, is this one of those, like, I see them, they see me kind of, uh, kind of evolutions. Uh, and it, it kind of feels that way a little bit, to be honest with you. But it's also like, it's like, once you see your destiny though, like you kind of have to do it. If you it's didn't awesome. write it there's a greater terror and it's the constant thought of it's like Edgar Allan Poe with like, what is it like the Raven? What's the fucking famous poem where it's like, he kills someone and buries them under a floorboard. And all he hears is like a Raven, like knocking on, on something. I don't oh, remember what it is. Uh, the, the, uh, the cask of, uh, no, no, not, yeah, not cask of Amontillado. That's the one where the guy gets buried behind the wall. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The but Raven, the, you're right. That is the, uh, the, the, the pecking. Yeah. It's yeah. And I don't even know if I'm, if this is an accurate analogy, who gives a shit though? It's like the constant, it's a splinter in your mind. It's like, yes. like this, this podcast is terrifying. I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea how it's going to turn into a viable business model. And many days I look myself in the mirror. I'm like, why didn't you go to medical school? But <laughs> I was having in my final year of being pre-med. I mean, I've meditated every day since 2008. There was almost like a getting louder and louder knocking. It was like, you're not happy you're not happy and it was like yes this is scary but it was far scarier going through life as that knocking was getting louder and it was like so with you writing this it's like it probably is an unsettling experience and you probably are uh ruffling the feathers of some uh of some demonic pedophiles but i think that would probably be it's probably a lot less worse than you just going to bed every night and upsetting whatever spirit world there is that you get to the end and you die. And they're like, Clay, you hey, did all the, they're like, Hey, you, you, you don't, you did like nine out of the 10 things. Like you did the military experience. Like you got married, you raised the kids, you were the friend, you were the, whatever you did all, you checked everything off. But like the grand finale, you were supposed to write this and you back the fuck down. So no, you don't get a nine out of 10. You fail. Now you're going back. 
<laughs> and you're going to do it again. Like, that's the other thing is you have to retake the class. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, honestly, like, too, there was a, the knocking really, like, it really resonates with me. So this was a weird, it was a weird circumstance, like how this shit all came together, actually. I, it was like three years ago, actually, that I started having these visions of the story, if you will. And, I, you know, I'm not like a visual vision dude, I guess. I know, I know what you like, mean. It no, wasn't like, it was, just, it was just here. Like, and I, I felt like, I did feel like somebody else was giving it to me, I had to write it. I didn't want to, uh, because I was scared. Uh, I was actually really scared, uh, both of like, you know, physical danger, uh, as well as like the backlash of, of some of the things that I was supposed to put in there. But with the vision, there was also this, this feeling that I needed to do it, as well as this feeling of I couldn't actually have the whole story, though, until I got my own like personal shit together. Okay. It's yet. You know, I, I look pretty good on the podcast. Jeez, I need a haircut. Look, you, you always look incredible, Clay. I, I will, I hear, I'll hear nothing other. <laughs> but uh, but three years ago, my shit was not together. It, it was not going great for me. Uh, you know, I was drinking a lot. There's a lot of other shit wrong in my life. I was doing a lot of things very, very fucking wrong. Uh, but that was part of it. It was like, you have to get your shit together on this personal level before you can have the whole thing. So... Uh, it kind of went on and I, I tried to do that and I would fail and fuck up and uh, you know, I, but I would do a little bit better. So I get a little piece of it. And uh, then the, the, the fear piece started like, oh, I can't, or I don't want to, but really when shit got really weird was about a year ago. So I, I finally, I, I ended up, uh, we moved out of state, we moved to a different place. Uh, I finally got like a house and stuff and uh, everything's kind of going, going the way it's supposed to go. <clears throat> and I felt this momentum of like, okay, now it's time. I got to get this done. And a lot of, I let a lot of like other life shit, like get in the way. And, uh, you know, I would say honestly that me and the wife were having a little bit of trouble as far as, uh, like interpersonal conflict because you know she wanted certain things. I wanted certain things. And uh, that was where the omens got really fucking dark. Uh, so finally I was like, fuck it. I'm not doing this. I don't have, I, I can't focus on time for this shit. I'm just going to, I'm just not fucking doing it. And uh, that very day, among the weirdest things that have ever happened to me happened. So uh, first of all, I'm building a deck in the backyard. Uh, so I'm doing the shit or whatever. And I, I'm holding the drill when my, uh, when I'm done in a weird way, I'm holding it by the head like this, like down by my leg. And my son does something that he never does. All right, he runs over to hug me just randomly. All right, and he stabs himself in the face with that fucking drill. Almost takes his eye out. Jesus. Yeah, so we run him to the hospital and shit. It's fine. It's like a little surface, a tiny surface wound. He'll have a scar from it. But I'm like, and I knew in that instant that that was a little bit of a threat. A shot like, across the bow? Yeah. So that same night, I'm, uh, I'm dicking around in the garage. And uh, are you familiar with like how an LED works? L loosely. I think. Okay. Well, loosely, they never burn out. All right. Yeah. They'll go forever. So I need a flashlight. So I pick up an LED flashlight, a, a good one too, not some Chinese bullshit, like a fucking surefire. Throw some batteries in it, turn it on, and it blows the bulb. I'm like, all right. That was fucking weird. Take the batteries out, put them over here, go get a different set of batteries, put them in a different surefire flashlight, not in the same lot. Twist that together, turn it on, it blows the bulb too. Now, the omen there, that uh, a lot of people haven't underst understood, but I think your your audience probably will. What's what's heavily themed in the book? Uh, 
German barbarism, as well as a Nordic belief system. All right. Loss of an eye. Mm -hmm. The All-Father. All right. Same thing with an LED bulb blowing out. It's the loss of an eye. And uh, right then I was like, okay, all right, I'll write the motherfucker. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You're like, got it, got it, get it, got it, good. Like, I know what all that shit meant. I know the impossibility of statistics. I will do it. Yeah. And then, and then you start looking, well, then it's the other, it's like, oh, well then, well, you know, what would possibly be the next like shot across the bow? And it's right. It's, well, right. it's probably going to be, they'll start with like, I don't know, one of your dogs dies, but it will right. move up into like the biblical sense of like, you'll lose a son or a wife or that's how right. it goes in history. It is. It is. And it's, yeah. it's, it's not really fair sometimes, but uh, nobody gives a fuck. So I, you know. well, the, the, it's the God, you, you kind of see the other end of it, right? It's, you kind of see what it's like being on the recipient of the godlike power, right? Yeah. Sometimes right. an innocent guy gets droned and we go, well, you know, there's collateral. How do you not know in the spirit world? It's like, dude, that guy's kid died. And it's like, there's a bigger game here. Right. We and told you, him to fucking get to work and he didn't do it. Yeah. And like, yeah. oh, yeah, it's you. And I get, I guess the reason why I'm so receptive to it is like, you know, one, I felt that. You know, when I was when I was pre-med and every once in a while I would just kind of get these very weird like just dreams and I was like, whatever, just read it off, read it off. To me, and I've and I've told this story a million times, but uh so like April 15th, 2014 is when I lost my oldest brother to suicide. I had he and I were both living at home. He had come home from he had finished college he had finished college a couple of years before me. I had just finished college. I was gonna come and live at home for a couple of months before I started medical school. We both ended up at home. And um so like that April, I I drove down to see my girlfriend in Georgia, and I was with her like the you know the night before it happened, and uh, I had like a panic attack that I was basically like following him over his shoulder. And mind you, this is I went to private Catholic school my whole life. I was I was a believer up until I was like fifteen, and that was just hardcore like just you know uh, uh, edgy atheist for like ten years, which I feel like is a natural growth process. Eventually came out of it, but at the time. Still atheist, you know, full of myself, just gotten to medical school. I understand science. And, um, but I, I had a, a dream the night before that I was like f almost like a, like a, like a, like a, you're like a little like drone, like helicopter thing. Like, so I was just following him like over his shoulder and like kind of just saw him going through things and going in different, and like for the sake of privacy of my family, I won't go into all of it, but like later found out that it was all accurate. Like what he had done the night before where he was, which creeped the fucking shit out of me. And like, yeah. it ended with me knowing that something horrible was going to happen, but I had woken up, just thought it was a panic attack and, you know, go back to bed. And like 12 hours later, you know, get a phone call from my parents. There's my brother's going that. And I didn't tell my parents that until like 2019, I didn't tell my therapist that until like, early 2019 i didn't tell anyone that because i was like this is not gonna get me anywhere but a straitjacket <laughs> but finally i was like i can't not tell that like it's there are no odds of that i'm sure we've all had bad dreams about losing someone i'm sure we've all lost someone when it happens like that and you see action for action what someone takes and you're 600 miles away that always broke my mind. To me, that was the red pill that there is something else. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's proof of God or proof of the devil. I think they're both proof of each other, but something was there. And that always creeped the fuck out of me. And to me, that was one of the like pushers of the night, the day before is the day I decided I'm not going to medical school. I had sent, 
I worked four years to get in and it was a huge thing for me to, I sent a letter that said, I don't want to go the next day that happened. So there was this, yeah, I went down to the university of Georgia to actually go talk to the pharmacy school Dean that day. Cause I was like, I think I want to do pharmacy. Then this happened. So my entire life was turned upside down, ton of drugs, gained a ton of weight. It was a real piece of shit for several years, moved home to my parents' house, but but still occasionally like once or twice a year kind of have these ideas that I was supposed to be doing something. And I never quite knew what it was. And it took me several years to, to realize what I think you realized was I had to get my shit together. And it took like three years of finally around my 29th birthday. I don't even know what I took. I took like a Benadryl and like another medication just went to the normal normal night whatever and just woke up three days later with a catheter in in the hospital and i was like what happened and apparently i had fought uh i think four or five nurses and like tried to like fight my parents and like security and i was like what and like i still to this day don't know what happened and uh i remember coming back from the hospital and like sitting in bed that night and was like and now I do kind of like what you're talking about, like the drill or the LED. I was like, I feel like I'm getting, there's no more like yelling through the megaphone. It's like now they're firing around over your shoulder. And I was like, someone, something is saying you are to do X. And I don't know what X is, but for the first time I was like, I'm receptive to it. A couple months later, started the podcast and I feel like I've been on my path since. I'm even just connecting with people like you or Dr. B- or whoever. But that whole rant, not to talk about myself, even though I just did, it's to lay out. I'm not just kissing your ass. Like I really do identify with what you're saying where it's like, hey, man, I'm not I'm getting the download and I'm just writing it down. Like, don't fucking kill me. <laughs> I'm, I'm the messenger. And. Am I putting words in your mouth and saying that? No, that... not not at all. I mean, not not Did in you... the slightest. Actually, is that you know my, my experience is not that dissimilar, and uh, it, it is it is also one of those things that like it kind of sounds hokey as fuck unless you, you don't want to tell people. You're like, right, no, you sound like you're fucking Looney Tunes. You're like, anyways, I'll guess you'll never talk to me again. Bye. That's <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But uh, but I, I have no other way to describe it, and it makes me wonder, you know, how many other omens in my in my life did I miss prior to that, and for that matter. You know how many people just ignore them as well as uh you know it's also not like you know let's be let's be fucking totally straight let me back up a little bit to like how i came to this position you know i wasn't some fucking edgy pagan hellenist fucking nerd you know (laughs) fucking larping and dragon skin armor some bullshit uh i I was a lot like like your background uh i was actually I, i walked a weird path spiritually uh so i was raised like an atheist till i was like 11. I, then my parents converted to be Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, so I'd prove that bullshit until I was like 16. Uh, then I actually actually graduated high school at 16, like real school, and uh, went to a full-ride scholarship at a New Mexico Institute of Mining Technology. So I was gone by, I guess, right at my 17th birthday. Uh, so same way, you know, edgy fucking atheist kid. Uh, and then, you know, one of the things people always told me, this was like pre-war shit, you know, no atheists and foxholes and all this shit. So it's because the, the U.S. military and the uh, the army in particular is a hyper like Southern Baptist Christian organization. And, uh, you know, I remember even like the night before my first combat tour, the night before the invasion of Iraq, 
you know, the, uh, the religious kids in the fucking platoon are like, oh, oh shit, you were a fucking tough guy before. You're going to be a different person tomorrow. And I, I didn't. All right? I didn't find God in a foxhole. I, uh, I kept fighting all those years, fucking maintaining the same beliefs, like, you know, fucking whatever. Uh, there is no God, if you will. Now, at the same time, things that I can't ignore, maybe I didn't think about at the time, but I certainly thought about later. And I usually attributed them at the time to you know, luck or, I don't know, fucking ESP or some kind of weird science specifically shit that uh, we don't understand yet. But there was some weird shit that happened to me across those tours. Like I would know when something was going to happen. Uh, I was talking to some other shit, so my, I haven't said in, in uh, probably to anybody. My uh, my sniper partner that, that was my last one, he ended up he left the tour with like three, four more kills or times more kills than I did, and nobody knows why. Well, I know why. I'd set us up on the roof, and I was actually the younger guy, and uh, I would always be like, "Somebody come out right over there," and I would tell him exactly where. I would put one of my Iraqis in, and then I would go somewhere else that, you know, maybe something was going to happen, maybe it wasn't. After, like, the second time that I did that, he didn't tell anybody either, but he would just go where the fuck I put him, even mm -hmm. though he was very much my senior. And every time I was fucking right. There was a bunch of weird shit like that that happened over time. But again, not enough to, like, give me, like, a spiritual awakening, like something else was happening. So, kind of had to fast forward to, like, probably 2017, if I'm being perfectly honest. That was when, like you said, proof of the devil means proof of God. That was when it kind of hit me. And I don't remember the exact event, but uh, 2017 was when enough weird shit happened in like the grand scheme of things that I was like instantly like demons walked to fucking earth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, 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 matter of fact, you, yeah, no, you do reach that conclusion. Yeah. 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 And oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe that was just as good of a converse anything else, but uh, I was like, you know, shocked and and also not shocked like holy fuck this is real yeah. uh and that was kind of when i i guess you could say opened my mind a, a little bit more and it was you know like two years after that that this story kind of started like flowing into me yeah and that is um there is something liberating about like acknowledging that true evil exists right yes it's, it's very easy to look at things and be like, it's not evil. It's a form of blowback and resource oppression. And th there's truth to all of that. But then there's also like, well, how do you explain the guy that, you know, also grew up in America in the suburbs with the private school. And, uh, you know, he's buried nine decapitated kids under his basement. Like you do kind of come, come to a realization that like flat out evil does exist. Like there are demons, but I think this was different for me, though, because I'd seen the evil part. I saw plenty of that overseas, like beheaders, torture guys, all that kind sure. of shit. Which you can only write off so much of that as like, well, there's just sadistic humans that, that this is, they get found and they also gravitate to war zones. If sure. Honest. It, it was different in the 17 Awakening because I didn't see it as evil existing. I saw it as literally demons. Like, oh, no, no. And I'm, I'm, I would say that's how my, my belief has changed over the years of like there's just evil and then it's like there are people here that are on a different operating system mm -hmm. like not just they like this or you know they're kinky like there are people here that like not the oh there's a couple of screws loose like no like the computer's not working like and to them, that's perfectly fine. And they look at you as being just as dysfunctional. Right. And to me, that also switched because then I'd I'd meet people who 
not because they're wealthy or good looking or to the contrary, but they just glowed compassion no matter to a different level to where it was beyond rationale. It's almost like if you're in like the IRS and you're like looking at like a McDonald's franchise making 80 million a year, you're like, Hey man, I don't, I know you guys are really hawking burgers, but like you guys are moving kilos at the back. Like something's going on. <laughs> you do. You, there are some people you meet where like, it doesn't add up. You're like, okay, Tom Brady, if he's always smiling, okay, I kind of get it. But like when you meet someone else who they just, they just glow with love and forgiveness and tr you, they truly, you, you meet them for the first time and you can tell this person cares about and be it priests or be it Buddhists or be it people at a homeless shelter. And I'm like, well, those aren't just nice people. You know, some people are just, they're just happy. Okay. Whatever. There are people that you're like, that is, you're like, that's, that's an angel. You're like, that's what that is. There is, we can call whatever we want, but I'm mm -hmm. like, that's an angel. You know, a grizzly bear is a beast just because we can explain it away by science doesn't make it any less of a beast. So I'm like, <laughs> we could explain it with ESP or we could explain my I'm still not com entirely convinced that my experience won't be able to be explained one day by science. That doesn't make it any less real to me. So right. in agreement right. with what you're saying, you also then start to conclude like. There are just fucking demons, not in not in a metaphorical term, there, right. there are demons. Ooh. Literal fucking demons. Like, yes. you go from joking about Alex Jones to you're like, oh, there are fucking demons. Like, <laughs> you're like, there are. And I know maybe, you know, some people are like, that's not the high hill to die on right now. Alex Jones, Sandy Hook. But like, <laughs> right. But like, it is, you know, the demons. Like, what else is it? Well, they're, exactly. just, they're just evil people and their brains are formed this way with the, and their thalamus is, we can call whatever we want. That's right. a guy raping toddlers. It's a demon. Right. It's a straight up demon. End of fucking story. Yeah. Sorry, I know I've derailed you with that. I don't no, know. no, no, man. Totally with it. Yeah. No. it guess... It's actually it's actually re remarkably refreshing to talk to somebody that's had an experience like mine, uh, to be honest with you. As uh some some of the dudes that I've I've talked to since this, you know, like they've had this kind of thing happen, they get it. Some guys are just kind of in awe of it, and uh, you know, a very small number, but a significant number have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, so this is actually very refreshing. For me. Yeah. And there's really nowhere, and there's nowhere to go with that. Right. Cause no, you also no. know that you're never going to convince them because you yourself weren't convinced until it happened. Right. But what's well, like, here's, yeah, yeah. Here's the fucking crazy thing about all the shit that I've written uh, now with this, like, and I'll tell you a couple other crazy things about the, the writing process there, but uh, this is probably the first time in my life like after it came out that I don't give a fuck what people believe or don't, uh, you know, it happened. And I don't even feel a need to, to back it with facts or anything. Like I, I don't need to explain it. I'm like, well, it fucking happened. So you know, it happened. Yeah. Uh, with that said too, you know, there was a, there was some weird shit with like the white or the writing process too. So basically I, I started this in like mid July of this year. Uh, I'd finished it in like 30, 35 days. Um, so I sent it off to uh, Tucker Max was was helping me with this. Uh, basically, as a thank you for uh, for Prairie Fire. All right, Tucker's awesome. Uh, he's I know. Yeah. In, he, he put he's me in touch with you. Yeah. Yeah, dude, he's fucking fantastic. But he's been in the industry of books and literature stuff for like for like twenty years now. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he's a major player. You know, founder of uh, Scribe Me Yellow stuff, and uh, he knows the book and book industry like nobody else. 
so he reads it and he's like he calls me up he's like hey that was fantastic uh he's like yeah, here's what we should do and you can uh you can, he's like what he told me is something like it's like an 80 percent finished solution right now it's, it's it's already awesome it's like but if you flesh out these characters and uh, like kind of unstraw man some of these arguments over here and basically we'll, you know, we'll add like 100 pages to this and uh, it'll be like bestseller you know, you know fucking all the shit and uh and i listened to tucker because he does know what the fuck he's talking about but i marinated on that for like two days while he was doing some, uh, some editing for me and i called him up and i was like dude we can't like we, we cannot this has to go out right now it's the way it is and he's like also because he's a spiritual person and, and knows what that feeling's like he's like man if that's what they're telling you then that's what we're going to do that's your gut and, uh, yeah so we did uh you know fired it off as was uh and I felt like I just a huge sense of fucking relief. Uh, I felt like for the first time, like three years, like I could actually like relax, yeah. uh, which is also pretty fucking insane. But uh, yeah, I just feel like all the pressure's off since it came out. Yeah, there is there is a feeling of when you finally start doing the thing you're supposed to do. Yeah, it's almost like. I mean, it's almost like you can like see like this. They're, they're almost like. It's almost like your friends cheering you on. You're going up, and the girl who's way out of your league, and you finally got the balls. Maybe you're drunk enough to ask her out, and your friends are like, you know, they're doing the quiet, like, yeah. There is a moment where, like, you go and do the thing. You can almost feel like, yeah, like the angels or the spirit beings, and they're like, fucking right, you did it. And you're like, you're like, whoo, I fucking, you know, I did it. I did the thing. I fucking did the keg stand, and, you know, I didn't throw up on the sorority girl. Like, you know, whatever, right? There is that moment of just like, and, but it's terrifying, man. It, it I think it was like the first interview I ever did with Dr. Malone. My maintenance guy was like banging on the door. And I kind of joked and I was like, oh, I was like, it might be the Pfizer mercenaries. And he's like, but really? And I was like, huh? And like, <laughs> there was a moment of like, what am I doing? Like, what? Like, I got to meet Dr. McCullough. I went to, I actually got to go meet Alex Jones over New Year's Eve last year. Nice. And, yeah, and I like went down and like yeah, like picked up Dr. McCullough from the airport. And uh, you know, we sitting there and he's like, Yeah, he's like Tommy, he's like, you know, he's like, I know like what we're going up against, like, you know, the strongest power. So I was like, Oh, for sure. And he was like, I guarantee you they like know where I am right now. And you know, by default where you are, and I just kind of had a moment of like, what am I doing? <laughs> and there is this constant like I'll do these episodes and like you do feel this like you sometimes you do get fucking like who is what are the consequences of this like just because you get the balls to do something and it's finally a head on keith rose i think he was special forces uh cia paramilitary he's a physician now but i remember him telling me he was like keep fighting the you know again kind of that stuff he's like you keep that and that good fight and he goes but don't forget sacrifice is transactional just not necessarily immediate and i was like okay yeah i don't know what that that sounds like a hallmark card and he was like no like you might not see the fruits of your labor just because you do something heroic doesn't mean that like you won't be killed. And I was like, noted, but when you, (laughs) yes, Yes. we podcast. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're all going out. No, you know, it's, if I'm going down someone's coming down with me, I don't know who it might just be the UPS guy. I don't know this. (laughs) You're going down. There'll be two people on my grave, but like, you do kind of you do ease into it 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 almost is it's almost the sensation you get right when it's like she pulls him away and you look down at the body 
And like that moment when you realize that that was just your, you know, it is your body and that there is more. Uh, Ram Dass explains it like this. Ram Dass died in 2019. He was like 92. Richard Alpert, he was a kind of had the same journey. He was a Harvard psychiatrist and went and did all the rat race shit, was on all the committees in the 60s, befriended a drinking buddy named Timothy Leary and, you know, the rest is history and they fucking LSD and everything. Later became Ram Dass, did charity for like 40 years. Great stuff. But, um, he talks about when meditating, he goes, you live your whole life as a car and you're a car and you're a whatever year you were born. You're a 1930 Cadillac and you go through your whole life like this and you change out some pieces and you rust. But ultimately, like you come to love the car for who you are and all your limitations. And then one day it's either at death and then the real key is to experience it while you're still alive. You get out of the car. And you realize that you weren't the car. You were just driving the car. And wow. it's the moment of total liberation. And when you have that through meditation or through high doses of psilocybin, it's terrifying. And then all of a sudden it's the most, you go, oh, I'm just, I'm just driving like Tommy around. That's what it is. And when you get that moment of like, you get balls then you're like, oh, I can do the thing I have to do now. Because that's not me. That's just, it's it's your temple and it is important to respect it and take care of it and all that good biblical shit. But like, it's just that. And that's kind of like another reason why like I really don't give a shit what happens. It's like, I just know that I have to do whatever it is I'm doing. I'm so, I know I'm, I'm not like throwing you into a circle right now. I realize I was just talking for like 10 minutes, but like, that is kind of the thing where it is a liberating moment of right it, it is. this isn't you this isn't it is. it's, it's an incredibly liberating moment and uh, this is one that you know I, I mean i just recently had this experience for me it was like literally like when i i finished all the you know cover bullshit and the uh, the interior design crap and like it was out there it was free uh i, I think if in, for no other reason that means that even if amazon had killed it after the first copy went out it didn't matter because the message was in the fucking ether. If people mm-hmm. could go to fucking you know Kinkos and fucking make copies of the bitch, and I, I had absolutely no doubt in my mind that it would proliferate that way if uh, if need be, uh, and it would still work. Uh, sure. And you know, for once, it was so much more important the message than than the money. You know, this is like the first time, like you know, from being honest and frank, my other books, like you know, I was checking sales numbers and you know maybe steering things a little bit so that it has a higher pe- this one fuck no man fucking no holds barred and uh I've, I've never thought once about whether it would be successful or not because i just don't i don't care i don't have to care yeah yeah and yeah there is something about it being out in the ether right it's like fire and forget like you, right. you get the shot off like you can then get destroyed by an artillery shell but it's like right. that other one is it's sailing it's going towards its mark that was exactly what I told Tucker Max. I said, we have to get this bullet in the air. Yeah. You can fire and forget. Fucking get me fire. Then we can be vaporized. We're fine. Right. The gunship yeah. can take us out. All right. It is. It is. All right. Yeah, it's, it's the skinny and black hawk down fire in the thing. And then he gets blown up by a grenade shell or something. But it's like, <laughs> but that one thing, it's sailing. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, it does. And I, and I fucking, and I, I hate to like quote like a, like a like a movie because i just feel i feel like especially now we are so like saturated with this weird like marvelized this is like thanos and it's like dude put a bullet in your head but like 
you writing this does kind of make me think of like like Frodo putting the ring on where it's like he puts it on and disappears but like he can see Sauron and Sauron can see yeah. and he's like it's like I think it was the first movie he puts it on in like a pub or something I haven't seen it in like 20 years and it's like he vanishes from everyone but then you see like the the eye and he goes he's like he sees and he takes it off and it's I do kind of feel like that's you writing this book is there is that like black death like cult of the black cube like looking at you and you're looking at them and it's I don't know if it's good for either of you or for one of you but it's like that link is being made right no you're exactly right I mean I I felt that too uh big big time and it it was weird because I felt like while I was putting it together like that was different that was like being in the uh, you know the, under the umbrella of but yeah once you lob that fucker like now it's different now you know it, it's on yeah and i do think you also explained it in the best possible way and one of my favorite clips ever from this podcast is i think from a couple episodes a couple of our episodes ago but it was like you were talking about like robots replacing people and you were like, yeah, I don't know if, you know, it's it, it's the same rush sacrificing a robot than it is a kid. And I was like, no, I agree. And like, I've just always loved that line. And I have sent it to some people and they like it. And some people are like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, don't, don't worry about it. And like, you guys are talking about sacrificing kids in the Vatican. I'm like, yeah, it's a fucking whatever. It just subscribe, share and subscribe. But describing it, it there is a more rational explanation and if because if you just say it and it does it's, it does beg the question of like alex jones being controlled opposition because it is so it's possible it is so fantastic i don't like to think so i think i you know i don't think he'd break the news on epstein but it's not to pigeonhole ourselves into that as a topic but like the way you described it is i think the most rational explanation of in terms of what do you do? You know, you explain it, spoiler alert, but like you explain it as like, you know, the guy trying to get the threesome. Maybe you might be able to pull it off in your life. And it's a story, right? And ultimately it's unfulfilling, but it's a thing you go for. What do you do when that's something that you, I, you know, you could send a text and have it in 10 minutes? What happens when you've never driven a car but a Rolls Royce? Or you've never had anything but a private 747? Or you've never gone to the store? A, you've never gone to the store, and if you have, you've had your own Delta team. Like, you are removed from reality. Right. How much, how enticing is a 4K TV to that guy? How enticing is a Lamborghini, caviar, the finest champagne? How enticing is it to have Lil Wayne come perform at your party? (sighs) You want that which cannot be had. You want the ever-shrinking interior circle of exclusivity if your mom finds out that you lost your virginity before you were married she i don't want to hear that but it's whatever right you, you do want the forbidden fruit you do well and it is it is historically undeniable that that child rape child sex slaves and human sacrifice is a part of history often right. in the innermost circles of the elite and i don't know how many people just exit out of this podcast but good riddance there is a thing that like you don't have it's not a it's not a wild idea it is proven historical fact and if you get to a point where you've had everything you've had everything you've ever wanted now some people take a different you know, i i love tucker max i read him back in high school 
that's a guy who took a beautiful path. It's like Tucker, the sexcapade king, found fulfillment in like a beautiful wife, family, raising the kids. And it's like it's almost like a biblical story. It's like the prodigal son coming home. You're like, Tucker, right. most wholesome man in the world now. <laughs> it is but, fucking insane, but it's it, true. It, yeah, but there's another path you can go down. And there's right. a path a lot of people go down. I mean, some people call it the gateway drug where you end up on fentanyl. You don't start with fentanyl. I don't. I don't see a more rational approach than yours as to what else would these guys do that have the world at your fingertips? They'd want something that a bonds them together, which, you, right. which you talk about with like the wolf, the wolf lodge, which is what clubs do, right? You know, you got to go do a gang initiation. If you can rationalize that in your mind, how do you know they're one of us? Why wouldn't it be any different on that end? Why would it be any different on that end? Except it would just be yeah. the extreme pleasurable and the extreme taboo. And it would be sacrifice. It's yeah. and again, you bring this up in polite society. Okay, you know, they're maybe not inviting me back, but I've never invited in the first place. So go fuck yourself. But like <laughs> that I think is you you did the best approach because if you just attack it full, and I love Alex Jones, but if you just attack it full on their interdimensional demons, Joe, it seems like you're trying to discredit it. It does. It does. I it, think it you gave it the best college try. Right. Well, man, thanks. It's uh it's one of those things that and this kind of goes back to like belief structure as well now, too. Like I, I I'm firmly like I feel bad like attached to the fucking spirit realm, like hundred percent. Yeah. But you know, I also wanted to look at the rational approach. And is there one? And yeah, there is. All that shit makes sense. In fact, it makes a lot more sense. Then you know the fucking Rothschilds woke up one day and were like, uh, "We should just worship Bullock. Like, fuck it, let's do that." Yeah. Like, yes, board. Yes, one of the. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it doesn't make any fucking sense, right? So you do have to look at it. I feel like from the logical approach and the, the way that I, I laid it out is the one that makes the most sense. And that's actually scarier though, because once you look at that logical path, you're like, "Oh fuck." Well, yeah. It's... Now I know they're doing this shit because that makes fucking sense. Yeah. Once you can walk it out. Once you like read, yes, yeah, Smedley Butler's War is a Racket, and then you like come to peace with that, and then like Eisenhower. I mean, a five star general in his, on what, January 17th, 1961 or 60, his final speech. That, right. The, the, the five star general of this, of this, the Supreme Commander of the Allied Forces who became POTUS like really fleshed out the DEFCON system and like the continuity of government. Once the guy at the pinnacle of like military might goes, by the way, (laughs) there's a machine. When Woodrow Wilson said in 1990 that the most powerful men in industry know of a conspiracy that they dare not speak above a whisper. They're talking about, there is some, so in when you can walk out the military industrial complex and go, Oh, that makes perfect sense. That's a lot yeah. scarier than, oh, they're just evil men making money. You go, no, no, no. Like these guys invade, and then the defense contractors that provide the weapons get the funding from the public through the politicians that are then guaranteed a job. At oh fuck, because then it then all of a sudden it's not like a kooky idea. You see it as a well-oiled machine, right? And exactly. that's the horror. And I think that's what you're getting to is. It's scary enough to go, they worship the devil. It's another thing when you go, it's the natural end state of being a trillionaire. Right. 
Yeah, scary fucking stuff. Sorry, I know I've been fucking talking your ear off. No, dude, no, no, no. I genuinely love the book. (laughs) I'm fucking, I'm fanboying. It's, it's, it's fucking crazy, dude. I swear to God, this is true, and this is not me sucking my own dick either. I hope, but the fucking story is so good that, like, when I was going back and editing it, like looking for typos and shit like that, like I would find myself getting trapped and like, you know, finding like, what the, like, I know what happens. I wrote the motherfucker. Like, come, there's like. There's like two or three podcast episodes of mine that like I'll go back and like link and I'll start listening to. And I've done 900 plus. There's only like three of them. But there are some that I'll start listening to and I'll be like, that's a great point. And I'll be like, you're listening to yourself, you <laughs> cock sucking faggot. Like, and I'm like, this guy has got a real point. I'm like, you narcissistic piece of shit. Go drink bleach. Like, but I know what you're talking. Sometimes you're like, it's not bad. It's not bad, right? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure the Beatles listen to their work every once in a while, and we're like, listen, that's a fucking, that's a beat. <laughs> Say what you want. I'm sure Justin Timberlake listened to some old in sync and been like, we were fire. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, game recognized game, right? Or it's delusion. I don't know. Fuck if I know. Um, but I also, I also love that. Um. It's also, I I love the sort of the side stories of, and I don't know if it was intentional, but like the slow red pilling of the people remaining in in the system, and you you are capable of of painting them not as these a brain dead automatons or b these consciously evil people, but really the worst guys who think they're doing the right thing. It's that's the worst part of it all is. They do think they're defending, and I'm not. I mean, clearly, I interview guys like you. I interviewed Dale from Delta Force. I interviewed Special Activities Division. This guy, like, I I wouldn't do this if I didn't have the utmost respect for him. And I only say this because they say it. When Dale's like, you do have a realization. He's like retiring from Delta. You're like, am I just cannon fodder? Because you see the people that are benefiting from what you what you serve, yeah. right? Yeah. I think that you paint it well, and it's it's the people that have that you have to have sympathy with them because they're coming to that same existential crisis that we've all come. Clearly I'm biased. I love this place. Right. But you also have to fearlessly like look at history and look at what's playing out today and be like, I think where it really came to me and this was kind of what influenced those parts of the book. So, you know, if we, if we back up, you know, 10 years, 20 years, whenever, you know, I was fighting the war and stuff. Uh, I was easily in the uh, these guys are evil dirtbags oppressing women whatever kind of bullshit uh, camp and like I was like I will you know jackboot them in the face all day long sure forever to uh, to make you know know, we're the good guys It, it really took until like like 2017 2018 to like flip that around and see what we probably are have always been and certainly what we were becoming with our uh, you know skittles flags on the embassies and all this other bullshit and you know we're we're uh, we're going to pay for trans rights and all these traditional nations and shit it took that kind of thing for me to go you know what i really understand why a fucking grandfather with a 303 infield was willing to fight me and artillery and fucking f-15 fighter jets and shit i get it now i understand uh, because maybe he was the fucking good guy, yeah. you know, and that's, that's a hard thing to, to face if 
you know, especially if you've played for, for keeps in those, uh, those arenas, but uh, that, that really gave me a different perspective. Uh, and that, that's kind of where those pieces of the book got incorporated. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a harrowing thing to even entertain, right? It's, it takes a while to like chew on those ideas, but it takes even right. more time to even let them in. We all have right. thoughts where it's like, I'm not even, I'm not, I'm not, you know, it took me years to even entertain. Like, did I, was I a good brother to my older brother? For years, your brain just cements it off. Yeah, you were. Don't think about that. Right. right. And then you have to start thinking, you're like, fuck. And like, who knows? Maybe it's my own delusion, but ultimately it's like, I could have been better, but I think I was pretty good. And you, you sit with the messiness of it. It's not a black or white answer. It's right. a weird, like you said in the book about soldiers, it's a weird gray area. You play for right. keeps, often with little time to deliberate, and then you sit with the answer forever. Right. There is some peace in it, but you do show a growth, right? And I do kind of love the idea of the guy in the Secret Service van, and he's like telling the stories and stuff, and everyone's listening. And it is like, it's almost like if you took a random like social justice warrior from today. Say you just took some random 14-year-old kid. Like, yeah. racism, misogyny, xenophobia is bad. I don't give a fuck who that kid is. You show him a Tucker Max article from 2003. He and his friends are going to be giggling like school. Oh, and laughing their asses off, yeah. You can call it whatever you want. They can put their Biden hats down for a second. And as long as no one's looking, you know, they'll fucking sit there and they'll be laughing about, like, the Astro Glide story. It's like... Right, right, right. Because there is a certain truth to it that pings off the heart, Right. Right. There is something that draws you towards it. And to me, that's what was conjured up. It's almost like this verboten, uh, you know, wrong speak. They're in the, you know, transphobia massage when he's sitting there and he's telling me a story, you know, kill him all and let God assert him out. One of the guys like, I know that. Like, you see this, right? And then they all, they all look at each other and so everyone pushes it, pushes it back down. And then you have the one guy that's like, no, I did read that book on like a VPN or something. There is that undercurrent of, of truth and then again as it goes on and it's it's a great line you know he he didn't even need to look at the tail number he knew what it was turned off the phone was like god damn it but it's better late than never that that realization and it's it's a fucking tough one to swallow man it's not fun to chew on it isn't a lot you know the other thing is a lot of people won't uh that's that's something that i've seen across my life you know, many people cannot face it when it's not even like a, you were right and I was wrong. They cannot face it when, when their belief structure uh, should fall apart. It should shatter. They were fucked up and they were believing some like totally wrong bullshit. And even when it becomes painfully obvious that they're incapable of facing it because it's a difficult thing emotionally and psychologically to do. Uh, you know, we just saw this play out on like a mass scale over the, uh, you know, all the fucking COVID bullshit in the aftermath of that you're finally now starting to see a very few like, you know, blue checks, whatever bullshit from Twitter, famous people basically come out and be like, you know, I can't believe this. And I was an asshole about the whole thing, but this was all bullshit. And uh, I was wrong. Yeah. You know, but it's not a lot, man. It's not a lot. It's, I would say the fact that we're seeing, let's say five, probably means there's 50 having those thoughts right 
and there's another 500 capable of having those thoughts. Now that might mean, and then there's 50,000 who won't. Right. But we're seeing the top of an iceberg. Yeah, I agree. And there is a, I think this whole, this whole podcast has actually been a psyop on clay. I think you maybe now more than most can understand like the biggest critique I get of this podcast is that I give way too many people the benefit of the doubt. And I give, I play devil's advocate. Wait, do you're a fucking commie lover? I'm like, no, I'm not. You're playing the middle ground. No, I'm not making any money. So trust me, I wish I was playing the common dollar. I'd have to be making a dollar in order to play a common dollar. Best case, I'm playing the common penny. So go fuck yourself. But like, from my own experiences of slowly realizing that I was wrong and that shitty feeling of like, it's not being like you imagined. You're like, I always thought being wrong would mean you're being an evil person, but in fact, you thought you were being a righteous person. Yeah. Oh man. Well, yeah. that is, which then leads to what else do I still believe that's incorrect? Right. And what am I currently starting to believe that in 20 years I will also learn is incorrect? So when I am on this podcast and I try to hear out what joe biden is saying or i tried i'm like what what is the support for ukraine sure someone tell it to me and people are like why are you giving like you they're as off not i know they are i just i have to look at my own experiences and be like i have been so wrong before that i'd rather at least hear someone out and then go no i think okay no i think i've got an idea I'd rather experience the discomfort of hearing someone out than go another 20 years of believing something. Because once you've had one of your beliefs kicked down, even if it's just one, you no longer are batting a thousand percent. And so you have to go. If one was wrong, more can be wrong. Exactly. That's not a fun fucking thing to entertain. I don't like sitting here and having someone tell me why the 2020 election was valid. I hate every part of that. I'm like, I watched it get stolen. Right. But I can't sit here and have this conversation with you about becoming cognizant of my own cognitive dissonance. Well, and you know, they not I mean, be willing to entertain another idea. They really did it right in the matrix with the red and the blue pill. Uh, you know, when you think about that, it would be, it's, it's sort of a mature mind, I think, where you're going with this. Uh, but it would be really cool, I and on some levels to just be like everything I know is right. Fucking that'd be my, great. Yeah, like fucking work for. Give me a blue pill right now. I'll snort right. it on air. I don't give a <laughs> shit. But you'd also, if we're being honest, you'd be you'd have to be a dumbass or completely you know with your own you know ego and narcissism to uh, to be that that person. Uh, so maybe that's part of of the experience is you know having to go through that growth of have one of your beliefs kicked down and then starting from a perspective of I'm going to really think about what I believe this time. I'm not just going to blindly follow whatever the fuck happened. I'm going to stop and think, which is sorely lacking in the American character anyway, right now, especially, but you know, it's almost like that's something that they've tried to, uh, to breed out of people. Anyway, mm -hmm. we, we've gone to these like, you know, 12 second news cycles and uh, you know, even with like, like politicians and shit, this is something I, I didn't understand understand but i do now i was watching one of the old like rnc debates it was when i was when rick perry was running i don't remember what fucking year that was but it's irrelevant yeah. 
but he was speaking in like four second sound bites. Whatever his thing was like, you know, they took our job, whatever his fucking bullshit was. And he kept saying it over and over and over again. And I was at the time, I was like, is this guy like retarded? And no, he's not. He's speaking to the like the, the level of the common man that you have to to like be elected and have liberty. And I was like, that was a scary moment too. I'm like, oh, oh, we are deep doo doo. Like, yeah. yeah, like, yeah, this is bad. Yeah, when people talk and as Tim Dillon says about Gary V, he's like, yeah, when people talk in fortune cookies, like, because because they're not stupid. He goes, they've they're they're malevolent. These are people that have a they're trying to get to the lowest common denominator. It's, but then there's also this kind of weird growth where you can overcorrect, where you go, yeah. I was wrong, therefore I'm wrong about everything. And then, like, you go in that direction for a little bit. And then, like, you come to the realization, you're like, no, you're like, gravity is real. <laughs> like, you know, fire still right. burns me. You do need right. to respect your elders. You have to pay tax. Like, there are some things where you go, no, nope, that was right. That Don't throw the baby out. Bring it. Sorry, everybody, come back in. I didn't mean to fire everybody. You're like, yeah, let's get back in. But you kind of piece it back together a little more cautiously. And you, that's you got some morals and some principles and some like you know some kind of uh you know anchors for belief structure you have to have those uh, otherwise you're actually easier to push around yeah. uh is also true you know if you just you know i don't firmly believe anything well that makes you easier actually in a lot of ways to influence but yeah no i get exactly what you're saying like you you do have to reevaluate things and come back yeah. okay yeah <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna keep these ones this shit can go away and I'm not listening to that fucking guy. It's it's kind of shitty, but it's almost like a workout. If you've ever been like on like a new like workout machine, like a new curl machine or something, you're like, this isn't that hard. And eventually dawns on you go, Well, then I'm probably not getting anything out of this. You're, you're like, oh fuck. <laughs> you're like, oh fuck. Right. I, I used to get that studying like biochem or something. I'd be like memorizing equations. And then I'd like, I'd have, after like a week, I'd have them, like all 20 memorized. And I'd just be going through them and not even thinking. I'd be like, I'm not learning anymore. Now I'm just like saying the ABCs in my head. Right. You got to get the new list. And when I'm sitting there, I'm like, it's equals this. And there's, that's learning. That's that you're sweating and you're, so it's kind of shitty in that whatever the easiest path is, is probably not the one you should take. So the easiest things to believe everything and believe you're right. The next easiest is to go, it's all wrong, and you throw it all out. No, no, because that's it's a, that's a little harder, but it's still easy. No, what's even harder? That America is not completely evil and that it's not all the military industrial. Because con- then you still see immigrants coming here and talking about how it's the best place on earth. And you're like, well, they're not. I'm not going to say that they're wrong. How the fuck would I know? I didn't grow up in Guatemala. So you're like, you're like, so Raytheon is evil. There are fucking demons at Boeing. And, you know, a lot of the Senate is fucking eight year olds. And you're like, but then you still have these guys coming over here who are like driving a taxi and are happier than hell to be here. And you're like, they're not wrong. And you're like, well, fuck. So it's not all. And then you get into even more of a gray area where you're like, we might be the good guys with some really evil aspects woven into it. And then you're like, motherfucker. And it's, right. it's, it makes for a very complex idea. But again, you know, that's hard to piece together. So a lot of people just fucking won't. It's like, throw it out. Yeah. 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 If you're a right winger, this is all a fucking John Denver song. And if you're a left winger, like, we're the devil. Like, yeah. That's it. Yeah. 
And then, and then, then if you try to like what I've done on this podcast or what we've done in this conversation, if you try to walk the middle road and just say, this is why I do this. And this is why I do that. People are like, Oh, you're a commie fag or, Oh, you're a public Republic. And then you're like, and you're like, no, I'm trying to explain why I'm trying to be. And then you see how easy it's like a bowling ball falling into the gutter. You see how easy it is to just fall back into one of those sides where you're like, fuck it. I'm on this side. All y'all retards, fuck off. Like it is like it is the state of like lowest energy. It is entropy where you're like, it almost is a blue pill to just go choose a side. It's so much easier. It's so <laughs> much easier to just defend apple pie in the constitution and just say they're savages. <laughs> like there is an ease to it. And by the time you start to piece together any sort of mature understanding of it all. It's normally around the time you die. And then it's just. <laughs> it's when you start to hit the altitude where you see that there are no such thing as nations or states. It's also the altitude where you can't breathe anymore and then you're dead. So like there's this weird. I don't even know what the purpose is. But well, let's actually go on that. And it's 330 now. I, I, I got to be finished by like 450. So are you cool for like an hour and 15 minutes? I'll go um, back. Okay. I know as always, this has just been a schizophrenic episode, but there is, you then have to start to chew on that. You go, why is it that you, it takes so long to understand it. And by the time you do understand it, it's often too late. Smedley Butler, Eisenhower, you start doing the right thing, JFK, and then you get domed. Why is, is that an accident? And it's, there's actually, I mean, and we'll see if it's the right one. Uh, there's an easy explanation for that as well. Uh, there's been, I believe, conspiracy is not quite the right word, but it kind of is like the motherfuckers in charge have tried to to dumb down the common people and, and keep them from being free thinkers. And this is most easily explained by shit that I didn't know until like eight, nine months ago about school, uh, American public schools. Like, you know, I didn't really start thinking about like education, educating my kids until I had kids, right? Because that's kind of how that shit works. Like, I'm going to fuck with a teacher in elementary school. And then, you know, six years ago, I wake up, I'm like, I care. I fucking care. Uh, but the the explanation for like why our schools are the way they are uh, with like the bells that tell people when to go to work or when to change classes, the lining up, the uh, the being still and sitting at your desk, the shit all came from, a, I believe it was Austrian uh uh, sociologists like dudes they were like how the fuck can we change a free-thinking farming country population into motherfuckers that will fit as cogs in a machine in a factory and that was how they did it they took all the same shit that you would keep dudes running a fucking you know metal refinery or a coal plant or whatever back in the early 1900s and transferred those systems onto school children so that by the time they'd done you know 12 years of this shit they're ready to fucking fall right in the machine. Jesus. Yeah, that's fucking that's a, that's a dark hole. But when you when you see it, you can't unsee it. Like, oh, that's fuck. That's what the comedian Duncan Trussell said. He's like, you know, I used to take acid in high school, and uh, aside from realizing that I was a that I was at a state mandated prison camp for teenagers, I was always like fucking like hippie. But the more I looked at it, I was like. Oh, that is. Pr- I had never done LSD in high school. I can only imagine that's what you'd realize. You'd be like, 
why is the bell ringing? We all have to shuffle. Right. <laughs> why is truancy, uh, uh, you know, the, your parents can go, not only can you get put into like jail for truancy, but so can your parents. Why is that a thing? Why could I not decide that my children are going to school or aren't going to be educated as their father? Because they needed factory workers for those fucking factories. That was like, it's the early like vaccine mandate. Yeah, it very much is. We will live this way or we will come in. Yeah, exactly. And once you start going down that education rabbit hole, man, that's, that, there's a lot of awakening that happens there. It was scary as fuck. Like I couldn't believe it either. I was like, but it explains so much. Going down, what I have learned is like going down rabbit holes is you have to keep your footing because yeah. like you can fall into the abyss or you're just yeah. screaming about the hollow earth like you do. You know, I don't I don't think the best of my research says like Hillary Clinton is evil, but I don't think she's a reptile like, right. you know, you right. do kind of have to. You're coming down the mountain. It's like you do need to get down off the mountain, but you also don't want to fall to your death. And like you can. And so right. like and then it's also it's like on the flip side, like school also is like a natural phenomena of like an industrialized society with like two working parents. Instead yeah. of just throw them in a daycare, why not also have them go learn? And it's like, well, that isn't that bad. And then like so you have to walk it all out. Right. It's I remember like one time I, I was on LSD and I was laying there and I just it had like I was really the realization that like money wasn't real. I mean, the true felt it in my bones that it wasn't real. And it, this was like a couple months before my girlfriend finally broke up with me. And, uh, you know, I was fucking fat and unemployed and I don't blame her. And uh, but I remember saying to her, I was like, it is kind of weird that these are all just pieces of like monopoly money. And she's like, yeah. well, regardless if they are or not, it's like it's what the landlord accepts. And like, <laughs> I haven't talked to her in like six years, which is fine. But I do often think about how like fucking like red pill that she just like saw me floating away on acid and just shot me with a harpoon. It was like, I've had enough. <laughs> and like, there is some truth to it. Like fiat money is not real. That is true. However, I'm also allowed to just go to Walmart and with no, no skirmish. I don't have to walk in there with a six shooter. I can just give them a piece of paper and I can leave with beef. Like, that's not bad. That's not all evil. I'm not going to sit here and say cool. that that's it's a conspiracy. Cool. That's dope that I can do a podcast and just go get some frozen beef. Like, that's not bad. Like, right? Fiat's right. bad, inflation and debt leverage. I get it. IMF is evil. But there is an importance of, like, not falling headfirst down the rabbit hole. Yes. Yeah. Completely. Yeah, I mean, you got to keep some footing, for sure. Yeah. But there are a lot of there are a lot of crazy things out there that are true. And I mean, I've just got the more of my discovery, I'm like, Oh my God, like maybe everything that we know, like historically is a fucking lie. Like maybe all of it. Like that's kind of like my default position now. Like it's probably a fucking lie. There's, there's Terrence McKenna. Have you ever read any Terrence McKenna? I think, no, I haven't. I think, I think perhaps you are, you are approaching the next, the next part of your awakening is, like read some Terrence Mike. Read read Food of the Gods and uh, oh, it's on my list. Uh, Tucker told me to get that one too, man. That was supposed to be like fucking legit. It starts as just like another psychedelic book, but eventually morphs into where he's just like raping the structure in front of you that you thought was real. But it's <laughs> beautiful because he goes. Eventually, you have to come to terms with everything you know is wrong, 
and he's not like well he died before 9-11 but it's not like who did 9-11 or who did j he's like everything you know is wrong and you listen to his voice and you're like even he's like everything you know is wrong and he's like the more the mushrooms you eat at first you realize that your parents are just people like you that's weird and then you you know you take some more mushrooms and you realize money's not real and then eventually you're lying on the floor of the cave staring at the stars and you're like oh i get it we are just gods walking around in flesh avatars he's like it all goes away it's not just that one nation's better or the other it's not fucking real and like <laughs> It just melt, and he goes, and then when you finally die, you go back into, what is it? You you go back to where you came from, like a, a world of power and light where all the contradictions flow together. And that it's terrifying, but it's liberating. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's a, uh, I think, I think there is like something that I have realized and it's like what you're saying. I do tend to just look at it and I'm like, everything I know is wrong. But I also like know when to say it. That's important. You know, like I can sit here with you. We're both, we're on the same frequency. We're, we're throwing the ideas back. We're both on board with like Rothschild eating a baby in a church. We're like, totally no, with it. that's, that's, that's prerequisite. You have to show me your ID to get in. <laughs> you eat babies. I think so too. Come on in. But then there's also this like, my little brother got married this past July and I was sitting at a table with my older brother. It's such a beautiful day, beautiful sunny day, and all the family's there and you know, the, the violins playing and mom's crying as he's doing the dance with her. And it's just out of a dream. And I turn to my older brother and I go, Do you know we've drone striked weddings with a hellfire missile? It's called Hellfire. And I go, That's I think that's probably what creates some terrorists. And he's a wildly educated guy, and he just looks at me and he goes, that's true, but today's not the day. And I realized that no, now is not the time to bring up drone strikes and the theory of and the theory of Middle Eastern blowback. He goes, he goes, that's true. Just now's not the time. You know, ding ding ding. ding they're doing a speech, and I was just like, I go, Charlie, they're called hellfires. I go, one of them. It's called a reaper. It's the play. It's called a reaper. They don't even have to. The guys are out in Vegas flying it. Some of our predators, they can fly for twenty four hours without fuel. And he's like. Now's not now's not the time. That's fucking and, hilarious. <laughs> that's something I've realized is like maybe it is all fake, and it all is, yeah. all fake. but there's a time and place to bring it up, and that's something I'm still working on. <laughs> that's one of the scary things that when you first figure shit out, that when you first know, then you got to be. That's when you're like, ding ding car, ding, yeah, you're screaming. Ah! Yeah. yeah, you like you know waking people up at three in the morning, like the fucking lizard people are really kicking that guy, man. You gotta calm down. You gotta yeah. like take a step back. <laughs> True though, man. It's well, it's even better is when you like yeah, you wake up and you're like sounding the alarm and you're like you're like, dude, it's all the military industrial complex, it's the banks, they're doing it. What's even better is when you tell that to a friend who you think is like a, a clean cut normie and they yeah. look at you and they go, I know that too, but we have to go to work right now. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> and you're like, you're like this motherfucker's farther ahead. I had a friend like that who used to look at me and he'd be like framing the pictures on the wall in the house we lived in and measuring them perfectly. He'd be like, listen, I understand that Dick Cheney said in 2000 that 
you know, absent a new Pearl Harbor in downtown Manhattan, we will not be able to do what we want in the world. But he's like, for now, can you help me frame these pictures? And it was like, there is something about like keeping calm and carry on. Like, it's true. The lizards run it. We have to pay rent and garbage with <laughs> garbage is coming today. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> there is there's that too. And like, who was it? I think it was Ramdas. That said, you can be in world, and we'll 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 end it with this because I got to piss like a racehorse. Um, and as always, I'll I'll put the link to the book in the description and your Twitter and all that good shit. Right. Uh, and thank you for your patience. I know I've been talking your ear off. Oh, no, this been great. Been I've been so, I've been so fucking excited for this episode. But there's a Ramdas quote, and he goes, "You might be meditating and and corresponding with with ethereal like feminine characters and creatures of light and." you know you know focusing on the inner like soul within and that's all well and good but it is no reason to not know your zip code and i just <laughs> think that that is like the perfect well it might all be demons in a rothschild mansion i still have to pay my rent on the first and like i still have to wear clothes when i go to walmart turns out yeah turns out turns out indeed well, Clay, sorry for a fanboying for an hour and a half, but uh, oh no, dude, it was awesome, man! It was fucking legit. That was I, I, I'll put the book in the description, and you can you can get your it's it's not on Audible. I think you should try to put it on Audible. It's um, coming. I got a guy recording it right now. Actually. Oh, beautiful! All right, well, all right, yeah. Yep. It's it's about a five. I I I legitimately sent it to a ton of people last night, and I was like, you gotta fucking read this. It's fantastic. It's when's the sequel? There's I don't know if this one gets a sequel. <sighs> Well, let me rephrase that. Provided that our society doesn't collapse, probably looking at like every six months another edition, uh, as long as the as long as the connection keeps up too, you know. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, personally, I think we're headed for some bad shit. But we'll see. Like, I, I'm not ignoring my responsibility there either. Yeah, that is true. You are. It also is very real, where it's like you you do have kids and are a carbon based life form that eats and eats and drinks and that too. But Man, the way it ends with the shotguns and the flamethrowers—it seems like it's it was the. I, f- I felt like I was gonna like see like the HBO credits roll. I was like, motherfucker! <laughs> I was. I'm telling you, I'm not fucking faking it, dude. The book is sick. Grab the fucking book. It's insane. It's black ops. It's satanic fucking pedophile cannibals. It's everything you've wanted or didn't want. It's demons. It's it's. I think Michelle Obama's in there. I don't know, but like maybe that was my own projection, but. It's wild. She was. <laughs> it it was. Yeah. You transphobe. But uh <laughs> guys, I'll put the link to the book in the description. Am I pronouncing it right? It's it's Wrath of the Is it Wendigo or Wendigo? Wendigo. Wendigo. Wrath of yeah. the Wendigo. I'll put it in the description. It's a fantastic fucking read. It's four hours start to finish. It's I mean, truly is Chef's Kiss it is I can't fake my enthusiasm for it. It's fantastic. You did an incredible job. Thank you, my friend. Hey, thank you so much for your time. I'll send you this episode when it's up. And uh, until next time, much love, brother. Thank you so much. Much love.